Rod Suskin, who's physically in studio with me, which is exciting. I'm physically here. Physically here, not Jane. just spiritually. I'm telling you. It it's is. good. It feels a little familiar, although yeah. it's super vamped up since I was Quite last modern here. Quite modern since you I'm were last you. here. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not looking it. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's good in here, isn't it? It's, it's beautiful. Right. It's yeah, great. not too bad. State of the art, Sta- It say. is. It is mm. state of the art. Uh, so you have just put out this book. It's called Your Stars, What to Expect in 2018. Uh I mean, the first of, not the first of many, should I say, but, but one of many books that you've, you've written. Why, why this one? Well, you know, one of the things I've always known, both on the radio or in newspapers, and then I've been doing this little show on Cape Town TV, mm. people love hearing about the month ahead or whatever ahead for the original reasons why astrologers were always interested in doing that. And that was kind of giving you a bit of a framework with which to anticipate things and deal with things as they happened. I know that it's always very popular on my TV show and was always popular here on Cape Talk. So uh, we decided, well, let's do a book. People want to know more, and there's more space there than I can do just talking quickly on air somewhere. Yeah. So well, I thought let's do a book and give you the full details. So it's done, <laughs> and I love the way that this book is set, set out. It's done with, uh, with, all, with, with month, with mm. month, and then each Oh, do we, sun, sun sign or star sign? We call them star signs colloquially, although oh. sun signs would be more accurate. Okay, then I shall say sun signs. Sun signs, <laughs> because it's literally where the sun was. So well, it's ah, the sun okay. sign. But, you know, I'll, I'll reveal an interesting little secret about sun signs, because yes. people always think, how can you divide the whole world's population into 12 yes. and then just tell them all of this is going to happen? Actually, we aren't even that divided. We aren't really so divided. We like all the creatures on this planet. We're all going through the same cycles all the time. Mm. And if we talked about the creatures on the planet, any species, they're all reacting their same way to whatever's going on. Well, so do we, the human species. But because we've got personalities, we can take our reactions to things like lunar cycles further and see how each of them, each of us is going to react and deal with and see what's going on. And those personalities are related to our sun signs, our Ah. month that we were born. But whatever is happening to us, it's kind of happening to all of us as we know. So if I was to, I was born uh, on the 1st of August 1980 in Santon, and there will be other people who were born on the 1st of August 1980 yes. in Santon, probably at 6pm, does that mean that our lives will have essentially run parallel in some in ways? In some ways, you know, in the same ways that obviously there are other influences, there's genetic and environmental and kind of circumstantial stuff happens, and all of that's us too. But there'll be these weird similarities. So, like, I once met this guy. Because I've got a a, a holiday birthday, I often mm. meet people who are having a birthday the same day I am because it's like, yeah, it's New Year's Day. Yeah. So on my 21st, I met this other guy who was his 21st at this random New Year's party. And he, I was staying in a commune. He arrived a few days later to visit the guy he knew in my commune, which wasn't me, and I was the only one there. But I was so curious to find out. So I said, come inside. I'll make a cup of coffee. And it turned out that what was similar about us was all the th- all our dislikes, our food dislikes were all identical. Our personalities weren't that similar, but they were all identical. And then I had this other friend. Later, I made a friend who was born within a few hours of me. Mm. Um, and we didn't... In, I didn't think we were alike in many ways at all, except, you know, just like the regular friends one. And one day I walked into an electronics store that he'd worked in two years before just to buy some batteries. And the woman behind the counter said to me after paying, she said, 
I, I really just have to ask you this. Did your brother used to work here? And I said, what would make you say that? She said, I don't know, this guy used to work here. He just, you remind me so much of him. And I was born nine hours different from him. Wow. So we have these similarities and overlaps, but like separated identical twins, like 50% of us is going to be really different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, that's an interesting one. Because time, time and, and place make a difference to how we see the sky. So it's one thing to say the sun was in Leo for you, mm. but depending on where you are in the world and what time it is, is where you actually physically look at the sky to see that sun. Okay. Is it overhead because it's noon or is it on the horizon? It could be overhead in you know Cape Town and on the eastern horizon in the States. All of that is taken into account. So it's very personal to how you relate to the sky. How did you get into astrology, by the way? I was, I guess, a weird kid is the probably sure. the most yeah. honest answer <laughs> yeah. to that. Because somehow <laughs> I knew, like when I was a little kid, I remember knowing that I was a Capricorn. And then when I was 11 years old, I'd already got into other stuff. I was reading tarot cards from the age of nine. And my parents don't know how. And they thoroughly checked themselves to see how the hell did he find out about those. But somehow. Wow. And then when I was 11, we went on holiday and we bumped into an old friend of theirs who was sitting there drawing astrological charts. In those days, we did it by hand. It was the 70s, mm. the early 70s. How do you do it now? Computer. Ping and it's all happened. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. No, it, was, it was logarithms. It was mathematics of like the highest and most terrifying order wow. because I wasn't so good at that bit. But at any rate, I was so curious and I asked a million questions because he was drawing this amazing diagram. And he just said, when you get back home, go to the library or go to a bookstore, get this book and recommended the first ever technical astrology book for me. And that's where it began. Wow. It's not that uncommon for it to begin in childhood for people who do it their whole lives long. But were your parents into astrology at no, all? No, my father was extremely scientific and my mm. mother came from this like atheist intellectual type family that weren't into anything wow. it wasn't kind of pseudo political or yeah, something yeah yeah <laughs> so no so they did think i was the weird kid um you know my brothers everyone was all much more like regular but the the charm was that i reminded my mother of her father who died about 10 years before i was born mm. he was in he had all sorts of interesting books and so on so maybe or maybe a romanticized version of her father mm. for all i know but for that reason, it was kind of all tolerated because it was almost like, oh, isn't that charming? Yeah. And we did have a rule in our family that if you paid for your, if you paid for it yourself, you were allowed to keep it. So things like the tarot cards, or books on astrology, because I could use my own pocket money, saving up five cents a week. Wow. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would. I, I was. Just, allowed to buy those things. Whereas books of any kind, my father would run and buy us books as right. long as they kind of weren't astrology books. Yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> well, I still was allowed to. So this book, um, and it's out now, uh, guys, it's called Your Stars, What to Expect in 2018. Go and get yourselves a, a copy immediately, uh, please. And it's also available on uh, Loot, uh, I know, because somebody messaged me in. Who was that? And said, da, da, da. It was uh, Sandra, and Sandra said, Rod's book is being delivered to me t tomorrow via loot. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting the loot. <laughs> She's getting the loot. Uh, so congratulations. And uh, you're going to be doing some readings for us. Am I? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> you're not. Where's my computer? <laughs> <laughs> they told me you would. They told me you would. <laughs> they didn't tell me that. Didn't they? No. They are. 
Savannah you know, Lucas, you're in big trouble. If we if we're very high speed, I mean, I can I can I've got an astrology app on my phone. I just can't type as fast on my phone as I can. We don't have to do, we don't have to do it massively <laughs> fast. Uh, I want to I want to take this book bit by bit. But before before we do all that, uh, let's just give the answer to the brain teaser before I forget, or we're going to be uh, all over the place. The uh, brain teaser for uh, this evening was quite an easy one, I think. Well, everyone seems. I didn't to imp- think so. I was in the car driving. I didn't Did you think not think so? No. What has a mouth but cannot eat? Moves but has no legs. Has a bank but cannot but cannot put money in it. You know, I got stuck on the bank because all I could think of was piggy banks. As soon as you got to uh, that bit, but uh, no, no. It just it just seems to elude me. Okay, well, uh, the people that have got the right answer are uh, Teresa, uh, also Antonia, also Dave. Ah, la, 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 somebody who hasn't left their name. Uh, and the answer is a river. My, I'm so relieved to feel I don't think I would ever have gotten that. <laughs> Frequently, I, I don't ever get them and I have to cheat. So there we go. Brain teas are done and dusted. Uh, you can all feel like smarty pants uh, for, <laughs> for getting that uh, answer right. Um, if you have a question for Rod uh, about uh, astrology, do please get in touch with us uh, or about the book. Uh, 021 446 0567 uh, is the open line. Or, of course, you can send us a message in via the WhatsApp, which is 072 or the SMS line, which is 31567. Talk to me about how you've set this book out then. So we've got month by month. So month by month as in the sun signs as usual. But yeah. the kind of extra feature is that for every month, I've also given an overview of the kind of social political vibe. So that includes what's happening in the country-ish and sport when it comes up. Mm. Um, so that there was also, there's also a bigger context, and also to convey what I was saying that that we're all part of the same cycles that are going on. We all know that to at least some extent we are affected by politics and mm. the stuff that we're not in control over. So giving a little bit of info ahead of time about that stuff can also be helpful. And you know, South Africans, we love our politics, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and if there if there was ever a time when this book uh, when this book was needed, um, we have you know I mean uh, foreign uh, um, colleagues of mine are always amazed at the extent to which South African astrologers, or at least me, w- w- is asked about political stuff. Americans love to do it, but no one ever really asks them except mm. other astrologers. But in the eighties, I think it was still in the old days with one of the old pre freedom uh, elections. I think it was the Cape Times asked me to do a whole pre-election thing, and they did it op-ed on the op-ed page. I'm horrified that I was actually completely wrong, <laughs> but I was still quite young. <laughs> well, I mean, at, at, at the launch of this book the, the other day at, uh, at Wordsworth, the majority of questions that people were asking were politically this focused. Is thing. This is the thing. And you know, the interesting thing is that's kind of the original function of astrology. I mean, while astrologers always did astrology for people, we now have good evidence of that. Mm. Um, the real reason why astrology developed was because the Babylonian Empire were interested in being an empire mm. and getting as big and dangerous and fabulous as possible. So they realized quite early on that if they could figure out the cycle of things, then they'd have an advantage. Have yeah. So they watched the sky and kind of figured out that every time something gets back to the same position, they can expect the same results. How do you explain astrology to, to people who are cynics? 
because there must be i mean like you were saying you know that one of the one of the most common things if if you're reading stars somebody who who is cynical about the stuff will say well we can't all be you know have mm. the be, be having the same day mm. how do you well you know one of the things taking it further from what i was just saying about the babylonians mm. was that we also have these personal cycles and so because we are creatures of the planet We've got all sorts of cycles related to the moon and the sun, very obviously, and the seasons, and a lot of things we don't know because we've always kind of declined to look at ourselves that way. We're happy to look at other animals and talk about their cycles and when they go on heat and when they, mm. why they do this and why they do that. And we kind of don't want to see ourselves as outside of our own free will, so mm. we don't like to do that. But at the same time, we do things like, say, psychology, which we know psychology is real and it works, so much so that we confidently say, because this happened to you as a child, whatever, this will happen to you as an adult, or because this happened to 50 million other people and that was the result, it's going to be the same for you. And mm. they usually are right because mm. that's how it works. Mm. And we're actually doing exactly what astrologers are doing when we do that. We're saying, mm. based on this accumulated experience mm. of what people do when that happens, this is what you're going to do. Whereas astrologers are saying, Based on the cumulus, accumulated experience of what people do at that time of the cycle, this is what you're likely to do. Hmm. And that turns out to be right. So I can look at a clock and say that when it's like one o'clock, the big hands on the 12, little hands on the one, the sun is shining. I can confidently predict that you'll be hungry. The clock is not making you hungry and the sun is not making you hungry. But you've got this rhythm in your body that mm. I've learned to synchronize against the clock. So I can look at a clock and read your rhythms. And the clock isn't even measuring your rhythms. So those ancient peeps were looking at the planets. My rhythms are measuring the clock. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> those ancient guys looking at the planets, they might have thought the planets were causing stuff to happen. You know, maybe they did. They probably did. But what they were really doing was learning how to read this very sophisticated clock and gradually correlating human experience to it. So they thought the clock was causing it to happen, but it's that mysterious whatever drives the universe is causing it all to happen. Mm. It's God, nature, life, whatever you might think it is. On a related but not really note, where do you stand on things like inherited trauma and inherited grief? Does that have any... Well, I think there are those kinds of things. Those, let's put it this way. Those phenomena or manifestations definitely exist i'm not confident that we know exactly what they are mm. so we might call it <coughs> inherited trauma whereas another culture or another era might call it a past life experience mm. and who's to say literally which one is right we probably don't exactly know the, the it might be a problem because one of the things that we grapple with that we never really think about that astrologers skirt around all the time is that physics keeps on telling us that time doesn't exist. Mm. That actually everything is happening at the same time. Everything that ever happened is happening at the same time. Einstein says that, and physics kind of, his physics says that. Astrologers have kind of always been saying that, but not in that literal way. You know, we've always said, well, time and space can be manipulated up and down. You can turn the dial and see what's happening in the future. Mm. If there's such a thing that everything's happening at the same time, that probably affects our consciousness somewhere. And so, you know, what I call a past life experience might be another aspect, might be that other life is happening at the same time. Or it might be another 
alternate reality version of me that I'm picking up a little bit on. All these things that have been said about what is the mystery of life on earth, mm. we don't know, we probably won't ever know, but at different times we call them different things. So there it's inherited trauma, there it's a past life experience, there it's a prediction, there it's, ach, it's just a dream. Mm. And different cultures have different ways of dealing with that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you look at things like the the, uh, the political situation in the country or even even just with individuals how much does free will how do, how does one reconcile free will with astrology well the classical idea explains it well because astrology comes from those days to mm. two and a half thousand and more years ago and that is to simplify it think of it as like a um, a scale like like a, a scale or a, a f- petrol gauge on your car. So there are three strengths of karma or fate. There are those things that cannot be changed. There are those things that you can change with difficulty, and there are those things that you can change with ease. So strictly speaking, two-thirds of things, just to simplify it into Mm, numbers, mm. are changeable, and only one thing, one-third isn't. But because that one of those two-thirds is changeable with difficulty, the human beings are not good at doing difficult stuff. Mm. We'd rather sit on the couch. We'd rather not rock our own boat and better the devil we know. Mm. So for all those reasons, we strongly resist the difficult stuff. And it feels to us that it's unchangeable. So our everyday experience is that two-thirds of stuff is unchangeable and one-third is. Mm. The truth is that two-thirds is changeable. But a lot of that requires effort and constant work. Constant work. Not it's changed, it's done. So, for example, how does an alcoholic change alcoholism? Not by not being an alcoholic, because yeah. there isn't such a thing yeah. as that. That cannot be changed. There is no free will that works. Yeah. No, Clearly, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. unchangeable. Yeah. But they can change how they do. They can choose to not drink. Yeah. And it's a difficult choice. And some days maybe it's an easy choice, but it's an everyday choice. There's never a point in their lives where they can say, oh, I beat that one. Mm, They've got yeah, to yeah. every day say that. Yeah. So that's what it takes to deal with a difficult change. Whereas the easier ones, we can quickly learn a new habit about, for example. So people can more easily learn to change their diet than they can to change an addiction. Those are the, like the scales of free okay. will. Okay. And then there's some that just won't change at all. Like? Like, often those are physical diseases, like uh, things like, especially the genetic ones, but even the not. And then the fact is that so much stuff that other people do affects us, Mm. and stuff that randomly happens in the world affects us, be it the weather, be it random events and accidents, and those are clearly beyond our control. Our only free will there lies in how we react and respond to things. But that's a huge power. Our unique free will as human beings, even though it can't change a lot of what happens to us, and I think you know, people listening know the older you get, the less it seems you can change what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. The power to change how we respond to things is such a powerful power that it can completely change the quality of our lives. We can choose not to react in certain ways or to react certain ways. It's way easier said than done. It takes effort. It takes practice. Mm. It's not magic, but it's free will. It's a very powerful way to use free will, even in the most unchangeable circumstances. We hear stories of people under great duress. They've been seized by pirates, you know, and how they deal with it. Mm. Or they prisoners of war, prisoners of something, or caught by a serial killer. You know, all those stories we hear. 
It's the choice of how we deal with the most extreme things that are clearly unchangeable that has this powerful free will in it. Hmm. So, you know, and that, that can change the quality of our lives. How specific can you be as an astrologer? And presumably you are, I'm saying presumably, that's an assumption. Are you less specific <laughs> in a book than you would be if I was to see very much one more. to one? Yeah, okay. You can be very specific because when you've got the, the details about date and time and you get a very personal reading that's close to unique to you, um, you can get extremely specific about many events. I always say to my students, that if you're not 70 to 80% accurate in your predictions for people, then you're ripping them off. So <laughs> just to kind of make that, work that hard to get that standard, be rigorous. You know, astrology is a kind of science. It is a science. It's not a, an empirical science, the modern sciences, which work through testing and laboratory. Astrology is a little bit too complex and too... It's got a lot of extra things that it's gathered over the years. So it's, you can't isolate things so easily with it. It's a science and it's a study of knowledge. It's a study of human knowledge. It's a vast accumulated knowledge. But it's got very clear um, principles that you – the difficulty is applying them against each other. It's an art of judgment as well. But it's got these principles that free the astrologer from being personal. And if you stick to like the rules and the science behind it, the system, as best as you can, mm. you'll get a high level of accuracy. You can't stick to it perfectly. You're never going to get totally accurate. And presumably it must be imperfect because it's human. Yeah. So it's never going to be totally accurate. But it's, it's got a lot of uh, tried and testedness over you know, two and a half to 3,000 years. Mm. Unfortunately, not all the bad stuff gets chucked out in that time. So that's why sometimes it's also not accurate baggage gets dragged along yeah but if astrologers as i say are rigorous and stick to the rules and study where those rules came from and compare with what other astrologers did like we do in all our important branches of knowledge they get very good at it and get very specific so if i was to take uh let's say an, an astrology what would you call it uh, if i was to take five different newspapers and, and like from yes. from all over the world and line them up uh should therefore this should what i'm reading marry no across? it won't okay and it'll only for personal reading so if you gave five astrologers the same actual chart your actual sarah jane king yeah. chart they'll have um you, it will feel like at least three or four of them will feel like it's the same story told from a different point of view mm. And you'll see, obviously, the individual astrologers with their interests and what they would choose to focus on more, whether they hype you up or wind you down or mm. whatever they're going to do. But you'll definitely recognize that they're using the same source material. Okay. Whereas the, the, with sun signs, what we do in newspapers, obviously, astrologers have to make a choice about what they're going to talk about. Mm. So my choice in my book is, and always in the work I do on TV and on radio, is to try and be constructive about it, rather than just say this will happen and mm, this mm. will happen is to rather say here are things you can do yeah. to to work with this time better to go with this flow or pause with that flow stand back act forward so that's my approach is to rather just make it useful mm. and say if we human beings go through cycles then there's an advantage to that. It's like if, if we understand when things are supposed to happen as all well, the plants seem to understand most yeah. of the time then we we succeed more. We get better crops if you plant at the right time. You know, it's that old story about yeah. just doing things at the right time. Yeah. And there's so much in our lives that is about timing. 
but we've so distanced ourselves more and more from natural ways of understanding time. And we've got so much a culture that says, achieve, achieve, achieve. Do it now. And if you finish this thing, they go straight on to the next thing, which is not how nature does it. Mm. Nature has a winter. Nature has animals that hibernate. Animals has plants. They hibernate. They all hibernate. None of them just go produce, produce, produce. But we do. Mm. And we stress out and we get sick and we lose contact with our sense of ourselves and our relationship with the planet and with time. But that's why we have astrologers. Yeah. One of the hardest things, I'm joined in studio uh, by uh, by Rod Suskin, whose new book, Your Stars, What to Expect in 2018, uh, is a must-have. Uh, go out and buy it now uh, before Christmas so that you can be prepared uh, for the new year. And it really is. I mean, it's a book that you can have uh, around the house because it's going to it's gonna have something for everybody because... It literally, uh, it literally, literally, literally is written for everybody. It's, it's written for everybody. Um, I like to think of it as a, give them the gift of the future. Oh, I, oh. They don't ask me about advertising. But, you know, that's what I would <laughs> no, say. No, they didn't ask me either. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, um, okay, so that's what that's what you can put on reprint number two. Yes, quite. <laughs> um, somebody is messaging, hi, Sarah. Uh, please can I ask, mm, please can I ask Rod, when will the Syria war end? Oh, my word. So here's the problem with that kind of thing. With, as I was saying, with choices that we have to make when we talk about general general generalities for people mm. the same occurs when we talk about politics we have to choose our countries look at it this way every country basically has a chart and uh, amongst other ways of looking sure. at them it's just one of them that we have in order to say where in the world do we mean yeah even if we just use the chart for the month for the world as we can we still have to pick a latitude and longitude to look at mm. So naturally, I'm going to pick South Africa. Mm, mm. And then to some extent, most astrologers will look at what happens in America to the extent that it affects everyone, like when Donald Trump's stomping around. Um, you know, so so people will look there because that affects the globe. But mm. mostly you're only going to look at what you, you know, what you are concerned with because there's just too much to worry about. So sorry, I'd love to know sorry, Valerie. when the war in Syria is going to end, but I haven't really looked at Syria's charts something, ever. Something South Africa related. I mean, there's a there's a, there's mil- a, lot. a myriad, a <laughs> yes. million and one things that, that one that one could uh, could ask. What was I going to ask you just then? I was going to ask you is in order to be an astrologer, and and as you're saying, it's a it's a it's mathematical. It's it's yes. scientific. Yes. Do you need to have an element of spirituality? A very good question. So a, a good a good way of putting it is an element of spirituality, although I would say that even if you didn't, it's going to probably develop it in you. Hmm. So unlike things like being psychic um, and those types of things, astrology is not an innate gift. Okay. It's so something you learn. It. Yeah, something okay. you can learn. And, like, you know, like anything, not everyone's going to have an affinity for it. Mm. We can, and some people mysteriously are better at languages than others and mm. so on. It has those natural things. Astrology requires a bit of a knack with languages because it works a lot like language. Mm. And a, a, a natural understanding of maths. Luckily, we don't have to do the actual maths anymore because we have computers. Right. But still feel comfortable with numbers. Yeah. So if I said, oh, well, you'll just add five degrees, it doesn't sound like, oh, no, he just right. said Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The look on my face. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although... Although, you know, if you study astrology, you get used to that because it boils down these days because of computers that, you know, the amount of maths we do is to, well, mostly to add and subtract kind of thing. Mm, mm. So you, you, you cope with that. So, but then because of it reaches further and further into the mystery of what it means to be human and why does this thing work? Because mm. this is the thing that the critics of astrology fail to understand. 
You know, I actually, I'm a good example of, I come from a very scientific background. And despite being a weird child, my family had every reason to suspect that I was going to go and do science at university because I loved science. It's the only thing I got A's for at school, mm. you know, all of that. Mm. I, I was that kid still the, of that family. Mm. And yet, and when I went to university, you know, and I did a BA, and I remember my father like, taking a deep breath before he signed the form. He was like, are you sure you don't want to say BSc on this form? Because I clearly was a good candidate for a BSc. Mm. Um, so, you know, despite all of that, um, astrology's got this other dimension to it that kind of develops and requires you to have that is like a, a sum is greater than the the whole the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts yeah. type of thing. Being because you're delving into the mystery of what it means to be human, you have to deal with why is this chart working. And as I was saying, the scientific kid um and with scientific adults, because I was a kid, I could at least jump over the part of it doesn't work, therefore I won't look at it. Mm. And I could at least test it first. So my big test with astrology came. I was still a young kid. I was, I was about 14. My older brother was 20. He had this girlfriend. He really wanted to marry her and everything. He was mad in love with her. And he wanted me to do her year ahead. And he would give it to her as her present. And, and uh, he was so convinced about what the future was, you know, what he expected in that year ahead. So I did it. I did it on paper for him, for her. And uh, he never gave it to her. I, I discovered years later when he and I were cleaning out his car, and there it was in the boot under the carpet. And I said, why did you never give it to her? And he said, well, you won't believe it, but read it. Because many years had gone by, she had left my brother, and they were still young, and she'd married someone, and it was a very unhappy marriage, and she was now divorced. And that's exactly what I'd written <gasps> all those years before. There in print under the carpet at the back of the car. And he said, that's why I never gave it to her. So those kind of things, I was already in my 20s, he would have been, and he was about 30. So she'd been through all of that, and uh, my, he might have even been younger, because it was, it was a very unhappy experience from her at the beginning. And I said, you see, if you'd given to her, maybe it would have been a good warning for her. So, and, but it puzzles me why did that work? And to this very day, you know, people who see astrologers, businessmen and women, and all sorts of people go to astrologers who are willing to say, if it works, I'll use it. And I'll worry about why it works later yeah. on. A modern astrologer might say it's cycles. An ancient Babylonian might say it's the gods. Um, whatever you're going to say, we've again, different times of history have got different answers that seem to make sense to them. We live in an era where people say if you can't prove it yeah. in some laboratory or some other linear way, it doesn't exist. But the thing about astrology is that it works. And then you've got to ask, why on earth does it work? Anyone who listens to Margarita would know that. Because mm. you can see astrology, it's a little bit not like the other psychic arts. It seems to be, the, and it is, it's this technique, this method mm. that people learn how to do. It's funny, about this time, where are we? No, not this time last year. About six months ago, um, I think it was... Was it Nick Dagan Best came in? Mm. Mm. And um, and it was just before, it, it, it must have been around, let's say it was around March. Uh, and, and my book was coming out in the in the August. And, and off off air, uh, because I was too scared to ask on air at that point. <laughs> I said, is it going to be a success? How's it going to go? And, um, and Nick said, no, it's going to do great. And luckily it has. He said, you're going to have a bit of an issue uh, around... <laughs> 
You shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I think she's left the company now. Um, she said, "He said you're going to have a bit of an issue around um, the market marketing of of the book with with the but, marketing department." And I thought that's that's a very specific. Hmm. My mind wasn't even going anywhere near at that point. I just right. want. I hadn't even finished writing the bloody thing by then. Surest oats is of oats. Of course, yes. I, and and that's the thing about astrology is that. You know, with with a psychic art, um, I guess the psychic has to like for the best of what they're going to be told or pick up or whatever it may be. With an astrologer, you can really ask anything. And all the information is actually there. And the astrologer has to say, oh, okay, well, I'll just check that. So what he's, obviously, he's coming from a completely different point of view. When you ask about the success, he's going to check the money, the distribution. And they always easily can do that with a chart. Because astrology is very good at giving context. There are all these methods to give literal context called the houses of life. Mm. All the trivial stuff that we engage in in our lives is all in there. And so marketing, money, distribution, shipping, uh, all of those, because they've been concerns of human beings for thousands of years. <laughs> and they really have. And I, I'm always amazed when I read ancient Roman philosophy because it really seems to work for the modern mind, especially mm. since when you read the ancient Romans, they talk about the rat race and the bucket list and all those things. Like you think, what are they doing that they have a rat race 2,000 yeah. years yeah, ago? Exactly. But they can, yeah. I think they're running around with these like papyrus cell phones or something. Like, what are they, what are they really doing? What they're doing? I must see the Grand Canyon before Julius Caesar hacks my head off. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most faint, what's this? Let me just go to a, a message. Uh, I can't see it. I can't read it. I can't click on it. Uh, I'm joined in the studio by uh, Rod Suskin, uh, and we're talking uh, about astrology uh, and his book, Your Stars, What to Expect in uh, in 2018. And I'm just going to randomly go to something in January. It's not random. I'm going to Leo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Leo is not going to choose anything random. We all know what a Leo would choose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All about me. Uh, so you, you set it out um, the month. Uh, and then work, play. But at the start of each month, mm. um, you do your um, your situ- Oh God! And this is you do your political. Yes, bit of an overview. A bit the, of an overview yes. of the political. Let me read January for oh, you. No, I'm worried now. No. About what it says. The year begins. Oh <laughs> heavens! The year begins at a heightened level of conflict. Argument and dispute is everywhere, and there seems little possibility for common ground. Fortunately, the cycle is largely temporary, although there is the potential for escalation into real problems for the ruling party. The ANC have been trying to avoid a split, but this month the rifts begin to widen irrevocably. An opposition party gets a boost when a prominent person declares support? So, obviously, because I know you might be thinking, okay, we all know it's the elective conference. We've mm-hmm. known that since forever. So, obviously. so And that's why we have to go from astrology. So, I'll give you an example of why I said that. Mm. And you can see that whether or not I knew about the elective conference, I'm going to have to say something like that. Mm. So, every time the planet Pluto pops past which is really only every like 250 years for any one person or entity. Mm. It shakes things up slowly over a couple of years to such an extent that usually whatever's shaking up falls apart. So that happens every 250 years to anyone, which most of us are not going to know about <laughs> yeah. this. And it's more interesting when it happens to great big entities. Mm. So a good example is Pluto knocked on the Soviet Union's door in 1989. Once in 250 years, the Soviet Union wasn't even nearly 50, 250 mm, years old. It was mm. like 70 years old at that time. And shook and shook and shook 
And after nearly two years, the whole thing completely fell apart. No one in the West believed the Soviet Union would ever mm. end. Because mm. it just, in the same way, we never thought apartheid would end. Mm. It wasn't that which ended apartheid. Maybe <laughs> it would have been a better, <laughs> yeah, a, a more complete ending <laughs> yeah, if it had. <laughs> but anyway, it wasn't that one. Um, and so Pluto did that. Astrology books were saying since the 80s, Soviet Union, end of the 80s, end of the Soviet Union. And so it's kind of like, because we all knew Pluto is coming by. Mm. So that does that. But it's rare for Pluto to come by. Well, ANSI's got a chart, and Pluto came by in 2016 and started shaking it. And here we sit. And that's why I said that. Sure. I cannot, I cannot wait until uh, wait until January. Uh, we are fast run out of time, which is devastating because I wanted to go through this entire book and, uh, and go through everything. But uh, the book is called Your Stars: What to Expect in 20, 2018 uh, by uh, Rod Suskin. Rod, it's a lovely. It's lovely to be interviewing this way round. Yes, we did an time. interview from our TV show on Cape Town TV yeah. of you and your amazing book. Oh, that was such a great interview, even in your amazing house. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I can see why people block the gate yeah. it's like you're right there <laughs> yeah I'm a bit spoiled Rod it's lovely to have you in uh, please come and see us again maybe in, in like February or March and we can do a check in on what's happening let's do that uh, my guest is Rod Suskin the book is Your Stars What to Expect in 2018